Welcome to Life with Lindsay Ray, a place where fellow seekers are not necessarily interviewed, but invited to embark on a truth-telling journey exploring life's depth, sometimes tackling specific topics, and ultimately, always keeping it real. We dive deep to encourage and invoke inner contemplation and radical acceptance of our own humanness. It's my hope these conversations inspire you to dive underneath the surface level crap and blaze your own truth trail directly into what ignites your soul. Get ready for a whole lot of soulful chit chat, sprinkles of radically empathic advice, and some lighthearted laughs along the way. Let's get woo-woo without going cuckoo, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Hey everyone, just a really quick reminder and disclaimer, if you are around little ones or anyone that might take offense to adult language, you might want to pop in headphones now because we do tend to use it every now and then on the podcast. Also, very important reminder that any information that you hear on this show that is said by me or any of my guests is never a substitute for any kind of medical or or mental health treatment or consultation from a licensed practitioner, okay? So just remember that. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, Josh. Hi, Lindsay, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm well, thanks for having me on today. Super excited to be part of your exciting new podcast. I know. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for agreeing to be one of the crew members. I'm so excited that you're going to be on on a regular basis and we're going to get to jam just like we do in real life because that's what this podcast kind of is highlighting. You know, it really is like all about the stuff that me and my amazing, wonderful, beautiful friends jam out and talk about on a regular basis. And, you know, we always talk that it's kind of like, I don't know how many other people have conversations like we do, you know, because we tend to just like go there. Like we rip the bandaid off and we're just like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'll always leave our, uh, our coffee dates or lunches and I'm like, wow, we just covered the whole gamut of things in that past hour. And I always leave so inspired after every one of our conversations. So hopefully that will spill over for other people. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So why don't we actually jump into maybe telling everybody just a little bit about our friendship and why we connect and like what our similarities are and and things like that. Because I think it's nice to give people a little bit of a background. So they're not like, who are these strange people just talking and like, (laughs) why do they even know each other? And why do they talk? Sure, sure. Well, I guess, yeah, you can start us off and I'll jump in. Yeah. So Josh and I are both actually kind of from New York. Like Josh is from the Texas area, but lived in New York for quite some time and paralleled. Like we both lived in the city at the same time, but we didn't know each other. And so it wasn't until we both moved to California that we actually linked up and met I had been here for a year and Josh had just moved and we met and connected. And then we went on a 
like a spiritual business retreat together, you know, months later. And that's when we really kind of like linked up and we were like, you know, when we get back home, we should really like connect more and like maybe be accountability partners and like just be buddies and like kind of, you know, jam on our businesses and stuff. And our businesses, interestingly enough, are are very similar in a lot of ways as far as our value systems go. Josh is an interior designer and an amazing one at that. Like it's like bonkers as well as moving into, you know, kind of like the spiritual coaching realm of things. And his kind of whole vibe is this live beautifully vibe. And I was like, Oh my God, we're twins. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Similar missions. Amazing. Yeah. So we kind of just like, really, we really started just like literally making like weekly dates to hang out and like get breakfast, get coffee and kind of like jam a little bit on our work and kind of like, you know, tell each other what we were working on. And we very quickly realized that we were both super good at like one thing in particular, which was like creating to-do lists. (laughs) (laughs) We have a to-do list about the kind of to-do list we need to create today. (laughs) And it's like the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. You pulled out your spreadsheets and I pulled out my spreadsheets and you had your checklist and I had my checklist and we knew it was like love at first sight. Absolutely. 100%. We were like, yes, we'll just sit together and make to-do lists all day long. It'll be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd joke and we'd look at each other and we'd be like, now how are we going to pay somebody to come and do all this for us? Exactly. We quickly realized that we love to come up with ideas, but the execution sometimes can be a little bit more challenging. And that's when we thought like, well, maybe if we sort of meet regularly, we can start to hold each other accountable to move some of these tasks down the finish line. So I think it's been super helpful in that regard as well. It's always good to have someone that can hold you accountable and that you can share your stuff with. And I think what I love about Lindsay is I I remember the first time I met her at this event when I first moved to LA and it was like, who is that girl over there lighting up the room? Um, I know really, no, that's the one thing I can say about Lindsay is like, even just going out to lunch with her or coffee or shopping, no matter where you go or wherever you are, she has this way of like lighting up the room and people sense it and feel it. And you can see them reacting to her light, which I think is such a gift. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that it's so important to surround ourselves with people who lift us up and who can encourage and support and nurture. And I've never met anyone better than Lindsay at doing all of those things. Well, thank you so much. That's a beautiful, beautiful compliment. And it fills my heart so much to just know that I'm received potentially in that way. Because, you know, so much of our work, like our spiritual work, you know, another thing that Josh and I really have in common is that, you know, this dedication to our own growth, our own spiritual work, our own path. And it's something that I hold very tightly to. And, you know, one thing that I think I've worked on a lot over the past couple of years is like, how do my insides match my outsides? Mm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just like, I want to be showing up in the way that I really feel, you know, and be, you know, kind of authentic in that way. You know, authenticity and authentic and like 
all this stuff, they've become such buzzwords and kind of like the personal development world. But it's really important to me to always come out of like the surface level of all the buzzwords that we throw around in the industry and really drop down into like the depth of them and, and really make sure that I'm congruent and acting with integrity, you know, cause that's something that's really important to me. And I think we've talked a lot about that a lot in all of our, you know, meetings, <laughs> our blossoming friendship, you know, that's happened. And I think that really launches us into kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Sure. Where it really is, you know, how do we expand our perception of beauty and what does it really truly mean to live beautifully, right? Not the surface level beauty, not the beauty of today, but the real depth of beauty and what that really means. Right. I've often said, I'm an interior designer, spiritual seeker, and have really spent the past two years incorporating spiritual principles into my design work because I do believe that beauty is a spiritual principle. And I often say that beauty is not something that we see. It's something that we experience. Um, And I often tie that into like the beautiful space engages the senses and nourishes the soul. And I feel like that's what we have. When we have an experience of beauty, that's what it does. I know when I first started to notice this, it was when I was getting into interior design and sort of falling in love with the design process because as I started to surround myself with things that I found beautiful or finding inspiration in nature, I could see how being surrounded by this beauty lifted my spirits and, and would light up my day. And when I was experiencing beauty, I felt more connected to myself and to God. And that's when I was like, oh, so when I connect to beauty, I'm actually connecting to God. And if God created beauty... So it all kind of comes full circle there. So I think, you know, expanding my perception of beauty has a lot to do with, you know, again, not just something at face value, but like, what is the experience behind any of that? And then that's kind of where it was for me. But then when we were talking on Monday, where we kind of got to the next level stuff was that like, beauty is also in connection. Mm. And that's kind of where now I'm really starting to see what is most beautiful to me? Or when I look back on my most beautiful moments in life, they didn't have to do with things or surface stuff that I had thought I wanted, but they had to do with these sort of like meaningful connections and experiences that I had with people that I loved um, or even people that I didn't even know. I think about, you know, one of my, my happiest moments is when I sort of will look over and see my fiance and my dog taking a nap together. And something about that moment of witnessing that love between each other and that, connection is so beautiful to me. And so as I start to focus on more of those moments, it feels like I start to experience more of those moments. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And that's like, you know, kind of chiming back into like the law of attraction, you know, and that whole thing, which has also become such kind of like a buzz kind of terminology that's like slung around. And it's like, you know, we walk around and we're like, oh, we just manifest it. Just manifest it. Just manifest it. (laughs) And it's like, sometimes you want to just be like, where's the depth? Where's the depth? Where is the beauty in all of this? You know, when you get so hung up in the surface level of anything, it's like it starts to lose 
the wholeness. It starts to lose the magnitude, at least for me, you know, and I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think everybody navigates life like that, you know, so I'm definitely not saying that it's wrong by any means. I feel like if that works for you and if you can stay up on the surface, well, good for you. You know, if you're happy, if you feel fulfilled, that's awesome. Who am I to come in and say, no, that's not the right way because I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, but just for me, it's like, I need more. And I feel like that's what you're so eloquently describing is the more of, of right. what it is to experience beauty and, and live, you know, beautifully. And I always say, you know, because yes, you know, at, at, off the cuff, like our whole, like, Oh, live beautifully. You know, it can come off as very surface level. Right until you actually pay attention to the words that are underneath the hashtag or the copy or the videos, you know, and what we're really saying. And it's really, it's like to come into a space and to be full of beauty that has depth. That's what it means to live beautifully. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, for me, especially as an interior designer, sometimes I, I can kind of get questioned like, Oh my God, you know, here's this expensive pillow or this beautiful piece of furniture. And, and although I see all of that as, as art that I'm proposing to clients or even just focusing on myself, like I, this beautiful antique, you know, dresser is so beautiful and I love it and it resonates with me just as art does, you know, but there's the fine line between like, am I getting that piece because I think it's going to make me happy or so that I can have some props to say, Oh, doesn't this look good? Or do I matter more because I have this nice dresser? It's really, it's not a, it's not about that for me today. And I try to even teach my clients that it really is about finding things, irregardless of price that connect to you and that resonate with you or that stir something in you just as a great piece of art as art does. But it can be tricky because it's like, there's so much more to it than that. I mean, a lot of the stuff with our home, I, I kind of talk about like a conscious home, like creating your home with conscious intention, not just picking stuff out of a catalog because someone else tells you that it looks good or this is what you should have, but really choosing things that resonate with you, that inspire you, that nurture you, that encourage you, that help you connect, making spaces, you know, even more on the sacred for you. But they, they are these, our homes are these like beautiful backdrops for these experiences that, that we're talking about. One of the things I often talk about too is I'll say, one of my taglines is making the mundane more meaningful. Mm. And it's like, how do we take, how do we take these everyday experiences that we have and make them more beautiful experiences? You know, for example, just a quick one last night, my partner and I, we were going to go out to dinner, but we were kind of feeling guilty because we hadn't been home with Crosby, our dog as much lately. So we're like, you know what, let's just get some takeout food and come home and just hang out with Crosby tonight so that he doesn't have to be by himself. And yeah. uh, so we picked up some takeout and, you know, it's very easy to sort of like open the container and grab a fork and a paper towel and sit down and sort of like eat because it's in a hurry. Or it's like, let's make this a little bit more of an experience and make it more meaningful. And let's light a few candles and like transfer mm -hmm. this food to a plate and to use cloth napkins. And just to make something that's very simple that we take for granted that often we can rush through and make that experience itself more beautiful. And I think that's a good example of sort of like what we're talking about sort of live beautifully. It's like creating this sort of experience around which we can really connect with our loved ones. I love that. And it's so funny because, you know, I talk about this pretty openly, the fact that, you know, I didn't grow up in kind of like this environment that was 
one calm <laughs> or two <laughs> <laughs> or two where we had many, you know, nice things. And I've used nice things like very loosely, you know, because I think anything can be nice and anything can be secret because we are, as humans are the ones that put the value, we place value on a thing, on an item. So I use that term a little loosely. However, you know, when I grew up and kind of, you know, started going about my way and, you know, when I was 21, I moved to New York City and I talk about Liz on the podcast a lot and I'm, I'm hoping one day I get to have her on. Liz is, you know, one of my best friends. We've been friends for over a decade now. She was literally my second friend I ever made in New York. And it was so interesting because, you know, she was born and raised in, in, in the South in Kentucky. And I just remember this so well. And it's so like just ingrained in me for some reason. I'll never forget. Like, I don't know. It was, I think I was like, I had come over to her apartment. She had recently moved. I don't know. But anyways, all of a sudden, I'm like, we start talking about the fact that she has her great grandmother's China. Mm. And I was like, yeah. so, I don't know. It stuck with me for years. Something about it, the connection was so beautiful to me. You know, it was like she had this heirloom or the set of heirlooms that she held so sacred. And to me, that was just so beautiful, you know, and the energy that was behind that. And so I remember, you know, when I got married and, you know, the whole like registry part of it was super overwhelming for me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But the one thing that I was so certain about is that I wanted China. China. And, you know, it's like, I I talk pretty freely about most things and it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that I'm on this earth to bear like my own children, but I don't know. I never say never. I also, you know, I have a a very big pull towards like adoption and and things like that. So who knows what will ever happen. However, I just remember thinking like, if that ever happened, I would want to have China to give to them. And it will all came from that moment of having Liz, like, just tell me like so nonchalantly and matter of factly, like, Oh yeah, this is like my great grandma's China. And I was like, what? You know? And it was just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's so interesting, you know? And I, I love when you say making the mundane meaningful because it is so interesting that when we're really dropped in and when we're really connected with ourselves, how, much more awareness we can have around those things. And it's like, you know, I love pulling my really nice like crystal and China out for like my girlfriends when they come over and they're like, Oh no, I don't need that glass. You know, just give me a regular glass. And I'm like, no, this is why, this is why I have it. You know, exactly. Yeah. Lovely. And it's like, it reminds you how fucking grateful you can be that you actually have this, you know, and that you've, you've decided to, you know, put this meaning on these items. And, you know, I don't know, for me, it, it, it just, it reminds me of like my very humble upbringing of like, I didn't even know what the hell crystal was or China was, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I love what you just were saying about, you know, pulling out your China for just, uh, 
or your friends kind of saying like, Oh, I, I don't, I just need a regular cup. And you're like, no, no, this is what it's for. It kind of reminds me. Um, so my favorite uncle passed away recently and we were at his service and everything last week. And everyone was talking about one of the things that he was known for saying is he would say, every meal is a banquet and every day is a celebration. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? And so, yeah, it's like, why not celebrate the lunch with the girlfriends? Or why not celebrate this evening with friends? I mean, as we kind of are seeing with Houston, I mean, that's weighs heavy on my heart right now because I'm from Houston, Texas. And, but, you know, we just don't know what the next day is going to bring. And so really living life to the fullest and seizing the moment and making um, every experience and every, you know, connection with a friend or loved one more special. I mean, why, why not do that? Absolutely. Why would we not? A hundred percent. And you know what? It's funny. It's because, you know, in those moments when like, you know, I pull stuff out or, or anything like that. And, and, you know, a friend will be like, Oh no, it's fine. Just give me like a plastic cup or, or, or a regular glass or something. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I think energetically what actually happens to me is I'm like, no, you deserve this. Like, right. Like you do, like, let me take care of you in this way, you know, let me adorn you and us and our surroundings in this way, you know, and I love, I gosh, I just adore that saying from your uncle. That is just, it really is because you're right, you know, and I know on Monday we talked a lot about, you know, just what was going on in Houston and like, you know, I just think it's, it, it, also is so important, you know, here we are, we're discussing all of these things and, you know, the way with, that we kind of navigate our lives and, you know, the mindfulness that comes with, you know, what we surround ourselves with and our environment and how we nurture that and make it a sacred space. And while yes, that is, it is important and it does play a role in our everyday lives. We also have to be so, so grateful for it in every moment because it can be swept away like that because it is all just kind of nonsense and things at the end of the day, because we leave this earth just as we came in and that right, right. with none of the bells and whistles. And I think, you know, this, this Houston thing has been, um, was opening, especially when we were talking about it on Monday and that's kind of how we were looking at like, you know, expanding the perception of beauty beyond sort of what we're accustomed to thinking or, or speaking about. And what we were really witnessing is that, you know, watching some of the news or hearing stories of loved ones or, or friends there in Houston and how they were responding to what was happening to them, what they were completely powerless over, where people were losing everything. You were seeing some of the most beautiful experiences, some of the most beautiful moments exchanged between people, of people, you know, risking their own lives to save others or someone risking their life to save an animal. And in those moments, it like really does put it all in perspective of like, Oh, 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 at the most fundamental level, this sort of love for another life is the most beautiful is the most precious. And it really sometimes unfortunately takes these, these moments for everyone to sort of like wake up a little bit or to kind of get a little, a little smack that just says like, Hey guys, like this is really what's important at the end of the day. And it's just so amazing to continue to see how the city is rising up and stepping up to take in people who have lost their homes, to take in animals, to donate money. I mean, everyone is just rallying in such a huge way to do what they can to help. And like, if that's not 
beautiful. I'm not really sure what it, what is. <laughs> you know I what I mean? Agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And it it is, it's painful that we need such forceful and brutal reminders. But I think as a collective, so many of us navigate life on the surface that, you know, the universe is kind of forced to remind us in these ways because it really is like everything is always kind of turning to say, hey, wake up. And I know that we really talked so much about how, you know, we both are are just waking up in, in, in so many different ways. I know you shared like, you know, because Josh actually just recently moved back to the East Coast, um, what, like a month ago? <laughs> Yeah, like a month and a half ago. Back in NYC. Back to NYC. Yeah. I miss him so much. You know, Josh and his partner were fortunate enough to buy a beautiful home upstate in the country. And Josh, I hope you don't mind me sharing how you were sharing with me how, you know, you're like, you know, we got kind of all caught up in like what we needed to do with the house and how we needed to expand and knock down this wall and that wall and blah, 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 and this and that, blah, 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 and that. And like how, like, I hate the backsplash, so we need a new backsplash and all these things. And then, you know, this happened in Houston and, and you were like, well, I have a fucking backsplash. <laughs> yeah. Spending the money on that right now would actually have a backsplash when all these other people have lost their entire homes. It just, yeah. it's so eye opening. It's like, you know, I really just feel that me and I know you were talking about the same thing is like this bigger call to action. It's like, how can I show up more? How can I, how can I stretch myself? I mean, I've always, you know, I think once you start to live a spiritual life, you, you start thinking more about like, how can I be of service? Where can I bring light? Where can I bring love? Who can I make happy? Who can I make smile? And that's kind of one of my mantras every day, but it's like, I just feel like I keep getting called to go a little bit bigger to stretch a little bit more. And and you know, it's, it's times like these and, and, and others where you're really sort of sharing with other people about what they're going through and experiencing their life that it puts so much of it into perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we've had to, we've decided like, you know, we could do all that if we wanted to do to that, but is it necessary? Do we need it? No, we don't. Like we, we love the house. It's great. We'll do a few little things to make it a little more personal to us. But other than that, some of that grandiose stuff that's more almost habitual, like, Oh, well now I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, especially being in my industry. It's like, that's what I do. Right. So we want to, we want to create and do an addition and do this and do that. And, um, you know, we've just decided to sort of like, go back and be like, you know what, why don't we just live in it for a little while? How about that? And just enjoy being in our lives and not constantly be working towards something in that way. But I think a lot of what we talked about and what I've realized is that, you know, in order to really even have any sort of perception of beauty, you have to be still, Mm. you have to be, you have to be connected to the present moment because when we're, or at least for me, when I'm always on the go, 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 I'm missing so many beautiful moments. Absolutely. But when I actually slow down, take a moment, really get clear and mindful about what's happening within this day or in this moment, that's when I have the awareness of beauty. There's beautiful moments and there's beautiful experiences and there's beautiful things around us all the time. But the question is, are we so consumed in our heads and our minds with fear and worry that we're not even a even open to even experiencing it. And so I think one of my sort of like, as we start, I hate to say it, wind down this year, I mean, we're headed into fall. And so it's going to be, you know, the end of the year before we know it, but really focusing on, I always start to think, 
you know, within numerology cycles that like all comes to a head in, in September and then you start getting the energy of the new year in October. And so I, I kind of tend to follow that cycle where I start thinking about the next year. And I really think one of the things that I want to do is I really just am ready to be at a place where I just sort of like simplify my life. You know, I've been so fortunate to have so many wonderful things happen. And granted, I've done a lot of work for a lot of that stuff, career and relationship and love, you know, all of that stuff is amazing, but it can be, um, it can get really big and it can sort of like take on this momentum on its own. And it's like, wow, like we don't always have to be constantly working towards something. Like sometimes we can say, I'm going to take a pause here and I'm just going to like live in the, in the beauty of my current life. Mm. I think we can be such a goal oriented. And I shouldn't say we, I know for me, I can be such a goal oriented person where it's like, talking about the to-do list, like, yes, I'm going to work towards this and this, and this is this business goal and this relationship goal. And then this, and then I want to do this. And I can just check all those things off and be like, boom. Okay. Now what's next? Let me go on to make the next list. And it's like, you know what, maybe just for a little while, just slow it down, you know, do what you need to do, but just really enjoy your life. Because as we can see, it can all be taken away in a moment. Absolutely. So I'm going to slow the fuck down coming up here soon, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, if you can't reach me, it's because I've slowed down. <laughs> it's cause, if it's your cause. house doesn't get decorated on time, it's because I've slowed down. <laughs> it's because you're no, too, I'm kidding. Uh, you're in your garden. <laughs> exactly. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my life. I'm sorry. I can't be bothered right now, but I'm out there enjoying my life and trying to be of service and do what I can. So I can't take your calls right now. No, I'm kidding. I think this is, this is what's so beautiful about this whole thing. It's like, this is where um, it's really about finding the balance. And I think there's, there's beauty in, in finding the balance. And it's so easy to swing one direction to another. I think I have always had to sort of, it seems like my experience and my growth in spirituality has always been like the pendulum will swing all the way to the other side. And I'm like, oh, you know what? It doesn't have to be this extreme. I can right. sort of like let it fall somewhere in the middle. And so I think this will be also good for me. It's like, Josh, don't fall off the radar because you're simplifying your life and disappear. And you're like, oh, wait, now I'm isolated and lonely. So <laughs> let me get amped up again. So it's yeah. finding that, that balance, that happy medium. Yeah. And I think that's another place that we both bond over is that we tend to kind of go to these extremes. And I think it's actually helpful to navigate the world with friends who are similar to you yet awake and on their journey because it's like then we are able to remind each other and kind of like yoke each other up and be like, whoa, hey, crazy, <laughs> like calm down. Right. And it's like, really, <laughs> we really hear each other, you know, and we really are able because you're like, oh, well, I know, you know, I know Josh is, knows what he's talking about because like he's the same as me. So he's calling me out for a reason you know right right it's i mean gosh i can't express enough how important it is to to um to find your tribe and to find people that you know who get you but who will also call you on your shit oh yeah there's so many um it's so many of uh of, of our culture to sort of commiserate and to console and to, you know and there's there's definitely a time and a place for that but then there's other times where it's like uh-huh. I hear you. And I totally understand how that would make you feel so defeated or uncomfortable. But in reality, like here's the real deal and here's the truth, or here's maybe what you're not willing to look at. Let's, let's, let's look at that for a moment. And it's sometimes like, 
oh yeah, I was kind of consumed a little bit in self-pity. And what I really need to do is get out of that fearful thinking and get into some action around blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that's really hard to do on our own. But when you do have, you do have some people in your tribe that you can sort of bring your real stuff to, it's amazing how quickly just, you know, and that's what's been so great about our conversations is we sort of like bring some of that stuff to the, to the table, literally. And then with a little bit of perspective and feedback, I walk away feeling super inspired or super clear or um, having so much more understanding. So I think, you know, again, another beautiful thing is that that relationship that we have with our, our people Mm-hmm. who can sort of help us stay on the beam. Like we don't have to do this alone. I've tried to do that on my own and it never mm-hmm. goes as well as when I allow myself to sort of be vulnerable, be seen, share my true stuff. You know, there's a saying in the 12 step recovery group that you can't save your ass and your face at the same time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I think that's so true. Like sometimes you have to share the stuff you don't want to share because it's going to get you to the other side. So yeah. It's so funny. What's I really love the saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah, that's another good one. Oh, that's such a good one. Like it's because it's yep. so true. It's just right. It really is. It's so true. And it's like it's so funny because it's like, you know, you hear about it all the time. It's like you know, people are so unwilling to be seen in like, kind of like not this like perfect, quote unquote, beautiful state because, you know, they're afraid of, of being judged or not being accepted or, or whatever, a plethora of things and feelings and emotions. Um, however, you know, what I'm recognizing is that seeing somebody open up Seeing somebody share, seeing something, somebody be vulnerable, seeing their darkness is actually more beautiful than anything ever because it's so real and it's so raw. Oh, for sure. It's almost like it gives us permission to feel our own or it gives us that like, I'm not alone in the way that I think and feel, but I've been afraid to say it. But to hear you say it, it's like we all share our, our wounds or like we, mm-hmm. we carry our wounded, so to speak. Which I think is is something that's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I I agree. I definitely agree. I also think that we talked a little bit about what we're doing kind of in our own lives and in our own business, in our own businesses. To, I guess, how do we navigate our businesses and our lives in a way that is acknowledging the collective responsibility that we all hold simply from by being human you know we we walk around and especially us you know we're both white i'm female you're male and and while you are i guess you could be deemed a minority right in your right. in the white male sector simply because of your sexual your sexuality However, we both navigate the world from this privileged place. It's like, how do we drop down into the depth of what that actually means? And what are we going to do about that? You know, and I know we talked a lot about that and it's, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. You know, it's overwhelming stuff, but similar to kind of your work in, in recovery, and in the 12 steps, it's one step at a time. That's all right. we can really do. 
Yeah, I feel like we're so just sort of scratching the surface with that. It's kind of like you, first of all, you have to identify what the problem is and you sort of have to witness what that really looks like and what the ramifications are and like, where are we sort of, you know, powerless and unmanageable around that stuff mm-hmm. and really getting clear about that. And I feel like we're sort of at the early stages of really feeling and, and, and sort of understanding what that really means. And I think as we're starting to sit with that a little bit, we're really getting clear that like, I'm not really sure exactly what actions that I'm supposed to take, but I know I've got to do something. Yeah. I know that I'm called to, to step out and to be more in this area and, and many others because there, there is so much that we can do. And I think at this point, you know, just even giving voice to it, having conversation. And then again, sort of, you know, truthfully prayer, inviting love in where, again, where can I bring light? Where can I bring love? each and every day. And, you know, I think the other thing that we talked about that I think is super important is so much of our spiritual community or, well, let's just put it this way. Spiritual growth isn't always cheap. You know, it can be, I mean, there's no, there's no cost to spiritual growth. Let's be clear. But some of the, the stuff like conferences or workshops or digital courses, like all that stuff can really add up. And let's face it, like not everyone has that extra money to spend on that. And fortunately, you know, we have, we do, And we work and we worked hard so that we could, Mm -hmm. but there are just, you know, other people who don't have access or availability to that. And it's like, how can we get them the same information that we've been so fortunate to get? How do we leverage our privilege to actually help versus hurt? Correct. Or exclude. Exactly. You know, we don't want to be part of the problem anymore. Like it's, it's clear that we're part of the problem just because the color of our skin And so if we continue to walk around with blinders on and unwilling to acknowledge that and simply just say it and own it and recognize it, then that makes us part of the problem. So it's like, it's so important to just move forward in the energy of, you know what? I don't have all the answers right now, but I don't need them. All I need to do is continue to have the conversations to continue to be open and learn and listen and educate myself on how I can be better and do better. Right. Right. And I think one of the, one of the things I think that's a a teaching behind all the great religions and spiritual texts is compassion. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what I've even witnessed some of my own is that there can be two sides to a story Mm-hmm. And each has their own perception of the same situation. But what I feel like is sort of like lacking a little bit at the moment is having compassion for the other side. Mm-hmm. Like we don't necessarily always have to agree or we don't know. This is like politics. This can be, this can go with anything at the mm-hmm. moment. But like there has to be a little bit more compassion in terms of like that, that's something we can all do, right? Mm-hmm. To, to help the situation is to be more compassionate to other people's stories and opinions and experiences, because, you know, we have our own experience. There is a collective experience, but, but again, some people have different experiences depending on where you are in the country or what economic status you've been in and their, their experience is their experience. So again, if we can at least listen, Mm -hmm. listen intently and wholeheartedly to what the other person is saying and then have compassion for their experience, whether we agree with their perception of their experience or not, but to just sort of like be there and love each other, I think we'll start to see some things shift and turn around. I know um, even just sort of with like the political stuff, 
you know, Marianne, I, I'm so glad I'm back in New York just because I get to go listen to Marianne on Tuesday nights. It was sort of after there was all of the, um, all the outbreaks all over the country. And, you know, what she was saying is she's like, you know, when we look back at the great movements, the, you know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, the women's suffrage movement, mm-hmm. you know, that was, there's, there's nonviolent resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And they held their strength and they held their ground and the spirit of their conviction. They didn't react when, when they were attacked. They didn't, they didn't attack back with violence. And I think that's where we really need to, to start paying a little bit more attention is to how we're responding. You know, hate can't respond with hate. Anger can't respond with more anger. What really needs to be the response is love and compassion. And that's not always easy to do because you can watch the news for a little bit or read some article and you, you know, the cell feathers get ruffled and you are turned up ready to let somebody have it. And so I think that's going to be the, that's, that's, I feel like that's where we sort of have to just sort of shift and, and focus our attention and energy is like, God, as difficult as this is, how can I be loving and compassionate towards this person, towards the situation? And what can I really do to bring to it? And some, sometimes the best thing that I can do is, is to do that um, or is to, to send out love and prayer. Because I do think, you know, there is a mass collective consciousness and these, these inner rumblings all through that can be healed if every, every person starts to focus on love just a little bit more than the collective consciousness will shift, which hopefully will shift a lot of these things as well. Not that there doesn't need to be some active resistance and on all of that happening too. But at the same time, like sitting here in my apartment today in between some emails at work, like I can consciously send out love to yeah. Houston or to race relations, or I can send out love to the political system, energetically sending, sending that out, I think is, super important and something we can do all the time. I I agree with you. I agree with you so much on that. You know, yes, we absolutely can't sit on our meditation pillow all day long and just meditate all of this away. Right. That's not what we're saying. Right. Has to be active, you know, resistance. There has to be action. There has to be movement in that form. However, the foundation that's underneath that and all around that action also has to be intact. That's really important for you to be conscious and aware of the energy that you're literally putting out at every, you know, second of the day. And it's something, you know, ever since I read Danielle Laporte's latest book, White Hot Truth, you know, <laughs> there's a part in it where she, she says, you know, and again, this kind of like taps back into like my theme on of like surface level versus depth is like, how many times do you walk around, you know, your life and you say, oh, yep, sending you love and light. Oh, yep. I'm holding you and your family in my thoughts and prayers like, oh, um, you know, blah, 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 this blah, 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 that. And it means nothing. Mm. It means absolute horseshit. Because you didn't put any ounce of energy behind it. And I will tell you, that woke me up. I was like, I felt like I got called out because I was like, fuck, I've done that. Like, I know probably more times than I would like to admit where it's just like in passing, I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I'm, you're in my prayers and but then i just keep it moving you know and it's right. like the hustle and bustle and i will tell you something it 
is a whole dynamic shift to really drop into that. Like I no longer just throw that out. I'm not saying it unless I fucking mean it. So you better believe that if you get an email or you get a text or you get that message from me verbally from this point forward, oh, you better believe that during my morning meditation or in my evening prayers, you were in them. And literally as I was saying those or as I was typing those words, I was taking a breath in your honor. Yep. And that, that is the beauty of an energetic exchange. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. That's the, that's the importance of having an actual spiritual practice that you drop into, you know, preferably in the morning, but anytime that you're able to do it, I mean, sometimes, right. you know, there's times that if I'm on a good day, I'm getting, I'm getting at least two of those, uh, designated time <laughs> slots for conscious intention, prayer meditation, or whatever else I'm choosing to do to connect. But I think you're absolutely right. Like I even noticed that for me and there's times that I'm good about it. And honestly, times that I'm not, but it's almost become like, that's the courteous response. Like that's what you're supposed to say. And, and you do mean it like you do like, yeah, I want, you know, prayers for you and your family during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. But did you actually say the prayer? Right. Did I actually say the prayer? Did I stop what I was doing? Did I have it on my prayer list? And you know, sometimes I have to keep a notebook, <laughs> having our little notes or our phones where we keep a little prayer list. I think it's super important. And we just pull that out and we just, you know, think about that person and sit in that energy. And like you said, take in a few deep breaths and consciously you can tap into to the love inside your heart and send that out. You can call on your, your higher power or your God or whatever you choose to to believe in to send them some additional love, encouragement, support, strength. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's kind of what I was talking about. And that's exactly, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's actually what that means, right? Is, is to actually follow through with, with that. Absolutely. And even like making the effort to put, you know, someone or something or a situation or a collective, you know, on a note, you know, and writing it down or typing it in like that right there is like, you're, you're giving them some energy, you know, you're giving them energetic acknowledgement, you know, and the energetic acknowledgement is so important. It doesn't replace the actual human action of acknowledgement, but it's a component. It really is a component of it. And I think it's an important component. And, you know, like, I think right now the spiritual, especially like kind of like the white female spiritual community, you know, has been called out in a big way. And I think it's been rightfully so and much needed, you know? And, you know, we, I think we also like, when we talk about like being in love and being compassion and and all of those things, you know, like if we're going to talk about it and we're going to kind of like throw it out as like lessons for other people, then we have to fucking really own that and be able to walk in that too. Because like, you know, I've been hearing a lot of, you know, kind of white women in the spiritual community and their personal development, like kind of uh, sector, you know, just kind of being like, I guess 
offended and, you know, having a hard time dealing with their own guilt and shame and, and, and kind of almost like, like people don't have to be mean to me about it and people don't have to yell at me about it and people don't have to call me out about it, blah, 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 and this and that. And like, in reality, listen, honey, if, if you're talking about <laughs> love, light, compassion, love, yada, 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 well then if you've been really doing the work, if you've been really, really doing the work, you should be strong enough to take that. You should be right. strong enough to anchor into yourself and and be able to, you know, receive what it is, which is which is rightful anger and rightful pain. Right. I mean, listen, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's telling you that you, you need to stand and be abused, but that's not what this is. This is, this is people who are in the right, who have a right to be angry, to be, you know, to express their pain. And if we're so spiritual and (laughs) so enlightened, then we should be able to honor that, honor that. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, what we were saying where, it comes back to compassion. It's like their experience is their experience and we can honor that. But then I think also too, in any sort of relationship, whether it be personal or, you know, these collective relationships that we have in, in society is I think any, any good spiritual path, there's a part of it. That's like looking at your part in your relationships. Like, you know, I do, everyone has a part in, in their relationships. It's like, what is actually my part? What is my truth? Um, what do I need to own about this? And really getting clear of that for myself. And it's not to necessarily make you feel bad. It's more of like, let's bring this to the light so we can heal. That's really the intention behind it. And so I think we have to be conscious to not, you know, again, sort of react in that sort of, you know, with the judgment, the anger that, that people are reacting with. And it's more of a place of like, okay, what do we need to bring to the light? So in order for we, us to heal, what can we do differently? Like this is maybe the way things have gone where can I be different? Where can I be in service? And I think that's kind of what we were talking about on Monday. It's like, yep, I'm guilty of some of that too. I'm not going to dwell in that space. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to see where sort of things I've done wrong and where I can do it differently. And then I'm going to start moving towards that. And that's the best thing that we can do as opposed to kind of like, um, I love Marion Williamson's line in return to love where she says, we do not get to the dark. Uh, we do not get to the light through endless investigation of the dark. We get to the light by going to the light. Mm. right and that's kind of really what we're talking about with all of this is like where can we bring more light where can we go more towards the light yes you've got to identify you've got to spell out and get clear about what is wrong with the situation and then we and then we move towards it and i think that's what what all these conversations really are are about and wanting to do i agree i really connect with what you said about what marianne says endless investigation. And I think endless is the word to highlight. Yes, there has to be an investigation period. Yes, you have to go back to heal the wound. You know, you can't just keep trying to place a Band-Aid on a wound that needs stitches. Right. Because you just continue to bleed through the Band-Aid, right? For sure. But it's going back with the intention of actually healing it the best way you can. Yes, there will always be a scar. Always. However, once it is healed, once the wound has closed, then we continue to take it 
as a learning experience. It will always be a part of us. And that's what allows us to do better in the future. Right. Agree a hundred percent. I think you're right. The, just to point out for, you know, I think sometimes I take the word endless for granted because, you know, I've been on this journey a while and have done uh, <laughs> endless investigation of stuff in therapy and on childhood and all of that. And it, it comes to a certain point. And that's the context of what Mary was talking about. Like, you know, of once you've done all of that work, which is critical, you can't kind of like, you've got to take the splinter out before the wound's going to heal. Like mm-hmm. we're in the part of we're in the process of taking the splinter out. And that's a little bit painful and it's a little oh. bit sore and it's a little bit raw and it's exposed yeah. and it's all of that. So we're still there, but I think the, the hope and where we can sort of like what we aspire to is like, how can we, you know, bring in more light to, to heal, heal some of this. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I think because we're very cyclical beings, you know, we, we, as humans, we kind of move in, in this, in cycles. Right. And I think that therefore we move through layers, you know, we, we kind of build strength so that we can dig deeper. And then that depth gives us even more strength and then we can dig deeper. You know, and I think that's kind of like the cyclical nature of healing. And it's like, you know, I always question, does that ever end? Like in our human lifetime, you know, because like Mm. I've experienced, you know, so many moments of, you know, I get to something in therapy and I'm like, oh, for the love of all things, holy, I thought I dealt with this. How is this coming up again and in this way like oh you know and it's like why does that happen well is it because you know as we get stronger we can dig deeper and so we ultimately can increase our healing more you know I don't know I mean that's what it feels like right now to me like it rings true now so it's like but then that makes me question like well, does the investigation ever end going back to that endless investigation, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, there's, I can think of a a few specific, maybe uh, for me, certain relationships where they were troubled in childhood or, you know, bad things happen, right? Bad things happen, uh, unfortunately. And a lot of trauma is caused, especially as children, when we don't know what to do or process it, or when we keep it to ourselves because we feel shame around it. And there's all of that. And so there's sort of like this, as we get older, we see how these sort of belief systems that were um, put in place at those times keep replaying out in many relationships or in many experiences over the course of our lifetime. And so what's amazing is like, you know, I've through sort of like the investigation, I've gone back and healed those specific sort of, you know, pockets in time. Mm-hmm. However, there is a belief system that was created in that time that continues to sort of replay. And even though like in the moment, it's sort of like, oh, here's this showing up again. Now I've got to deal with it in this current thing. The attachment to the pain of that particular time of the childhood is less intense. Mm, that's true. It's less intense. Like it's still always going to be like, it's almost like sort of like when you break a bone, then maybe some arthritis might set in over time and it's never going to be quite the same. It heals, but it doesn't heal the same. And anytime you sort of like look at that spot or touch that spot, you can still connect to what you experienced and what you went through. So in that regard, it does, I think, transform and shift, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the same intensity or the same 
that, that sort of like red hot pain that it once was. Mm. But I do think these belief systems are something that we continue to get to work on through the course of our lives. And I don't know if these are like, you know, karmic lessons that all sorts of stuff, stuff to think about in a whole nother podcast conversation. But it does seem like even for me, there are certain parts of my makeup or my wiring that I keep sort of having to work on in a different way, in a different relationship or different experiences. And when you start to look at them, you can see how it all sort of originates or stems back from this particular moment. But I do think that intensity of the rawness of that pain does get much better. But then at the same time, you then may uncover something that happened. You know, like I said, for example, you may have like, oh, when I was five, such and such and such and such. But then yeah. years later, once you've like dealt with that and you've sort of healed, something else comes to the surface. And it's like, oh, yeah, but when I was 10, this, this and this and this and this. And then I get to deal with that. So I think endless investigation of the same exact situation. I think we do get healing on that. But I think we always are unpacking and uncovering so many other things, because even though our childhood, you know, it's like the first 18 years of your life, they really do determine the course of your whole life. Mm-hmm. And if we don't go back and do some of that investigative work, then we can continue to replay those same patterns throughout wow. many of our relationships or many of our, you know, our, our work life or whatever. So uh, it's also complex, right? I know it really is. It's like, that's why I feel like I could talk about this stuff forever. And that's why I do. I think that's what's so um, great about what you're doing with this, with this podcast, with these candid conversations in like an unscripted format is, you know, there's so many people out there and there is sort of this like stirring for everyone to, to grow and to aspire to live more beautifully or to live better lives. And in order to do so, sometimes you have to do some of this dirty work and it can be scary and it can be frightening and it can feel lonely and it can pull up all sorts of stuff. Like I kind of thought when I was going to go to therapy initially, I was going to feel better. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't feeling better. Like I would go into the therapist the next week. I'm like, I actually left here and felt worse. And when I came in and I thought I was coming here to feel better. And she's like, honey, that's, that's great. And all she's like, but we got to, it's going to be a little bit painful to go through therapy if you're actually doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. And your, your therapy is not necessarily just to rehash the week that you just had, but it's like really do some work and uncover some of that stuff that is affecting what's happening in your everyday life. So, so true. <laughs> but I do think what you're doing is so, is so amazing because I do feel like, you know, hearing other people, at least for me too, hearing other people's experiences or establishing some sort of community, whether it be online or through a podcast or whatever, that identification with other people's experience just lets you know that you're not alone, that you're right where you're supposed to be, that things will shift. What is the one thing I loved I heard when I first started my journey? They said, things are going to get different and then they're going to get better. And I could really relate to that because sometimes it's not an overnight fix, but it does get different and then it does get better. And I think, you know, both you and I, that's why we're so committed and dedicated to sort of just like spreading the word and sharing our experience in hopes that it may help or inspire or encourage or elevate someone else to take some action so that they can live more beautiful lives. Absolutely. You know, I'd like to meet the, any, anybody that it happened overnight for, cause I'd like <laughs> to have a conversation with them. <laughs> right. Like this, this is a judgment, but I'll be like, mm, miss denial. You can be seated on the aisle too. <laughs> miss denial to the front. <laughs> oh my god absolutely i know yep. i just I, that has not been my experience at all my experience is definitely more aligned with you where it's just like it's almost like i knew like i had this deep knowing that like it was gonna be 
rough. It was going to be hard, but there was like this longing I had for it, you know, where it's like, I just knew, I knew that's, that was part of my path. And that's why I'm, I'm such an advocate. And that's why I encourage it so much because I just think it's important, you know, and I think, I think the coaching industry is great. And it's so funny because like a lot of my friends are always like, you know, Lindsay, you got to remember that you, you're, you are a coach and you kind of talk badly about it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that I'm like dogging my industry. I'm not. I think coaches are so important. I just believe that the coaches that are all about only the, the light and the, the happy and the positive and only the mindset, I just feel like that is only a facet. It's only a facet, you know, because like if you try to go and do all that work, but you never go and dig into your shadow and you never try to actually go back and heal, then the mindset and the fluffy everything, you know, it's, it's only going to work, but for so long. And that in itself can become kind of like this drug, right? Where it's like, you constantly need to go back and get a hit because it's not sustainable because you haven't done the healing. So, you know, it's, I struggle with it because I do love the coaching industry. And I think, I think it's amazing. I just, you know, me, I never look at one thing as a fix all. I'm like, no, that's a facet of, (laughs) of it. Right, right. Well, and it's kind of like the, you, you don't go to the podiatrist to get your teeth cleaned. Oh my God, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, there's going to be some like sort of real trauma work that a certified Life psychiatrist, psychologist isn't gonna is going to need to guide you through because it's Absolutely. like, that's, be, that's beyond my pay grade, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like I, I can share my experience of what I've done and the work that I've you know, have done with other people. But when it comes to some of that really traumatic stuff that really needs to be addressed and healed, that needs to be done in a professional environment. And as people I've worked with, there's been times where some things have come up and it's like, you know what? I think we need to, we need to call in some higher ups for this. Absolutely. And I'm never, I'm never afraid ever. I'm always like, I have a plethora, a big network of, of therapists and all my clients that I work with, I'm always like, you know, if they get to a point where I really feel like, they're kind of stuck and it's because of something way bigger and way deeper. I'm never afraid to be like, Hey, listen, I got a ther, I got three therapists that I can, you know, refer you to in your area. Like, cause I've had, I've seen wonderful results by working simultaneously with a client that's also working with the therapist. You know, if, if I don't have the equipment and the tools to lead them, you know, deeper to where they need to go, you know, or if they don't feel right. comfortable with me, you know, cause that's, that's also a, a thing too. I mean, I've had plenty of clients that have just like opened up the gates and said it all and they've been fine, you know, but there, there, there are certain people that, that don't and that's okay, you know? Right. Yeah. I right. just think that it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to honor all of that. For sure. No, but I think overall, generally, you know, just to kind of like wrap it up, um, the need for more depth and the need to embrace the darkness and, and view that as beauty as well. And so it's to be, to be beautiful, to be full of beauty 
and to live beautifully is really to be whole and to be connected. And that includes the, the layers, all the layers. Agreed. Agreed. So good. So I guess like, the, I guess a, a parting thought would be, or sort of like a um, call to action, right? Mm-hmm. Was just be like, how can you through the next few days expand your perception of beauty? How can you be more connected to the present moment and to witness and just take note of what you're observing and experiencing and connecting to that you find beautiful because sometimes it's happening all the time. We're just not even consciously aware of it. So just a simple action of paying attention, right? Being, being conscious can usher in so much more beautiful experiences into your life. Mm-hmm. And just dropping into yourself and giving yourself permission to be able to identify what you deem, what you deem is beautiful. Absolutely. Look at us. Look at Josh. Josh coming on the pod and giving homework. <laughs> Look like at that. It. I mean, I love, I love a call to action. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, this is what you're supposed to do. I like, I like step by step. This is what you do next. Great. I, I can like do that. It. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I just love when I can walk away with something and then put something into practice and have a new understanding of it because I've implemented something. I think that's where really growth, I think that's where the growth actually happens and where we can sort of shift and change behavior is through, I keep learning more and more. My theme of the year has been about being in action. Like concepts are great, but it's like, what am I putting into action? And that's what actually will make the difference. I love that. There you go. All right, Joshua. Thank you so much for dropping. Thank you, Lindsay. All these little, little love, love bombs and little nuggets of of your wisdom and knowledge and, and your, your action step and homework. I love this. Love, love, cool. love. Well, I look forward to more. Yes. Thanks, Lizzie, for your service. Thank you. Love you. Oh, I just love, love, love my conversations with Josh. He is such a beautiful soul and has such a wonderful spirit. And I think it's really wonderful to sit back and reflect and really take inventory of how you relate to beauty. Do you relate to the depth that beauty really is? Or do you mistake glamour for beauty? Because remember, beauty isn't always just about something being pretty or glamorous or, you know, looking a certain way on the surface. So how can you continue to expand your perception of beauty and deepen that relationship? I thought that was such a great question that Josh asked. And I love that he left everyone with with homework. So join me on Instagram so we can chat. You can find me on that platform as well as all other platforms at with Lindsay Ray. And you can find all of Josh works at Joshua Smith Inc. And I'll put a link in the show notes to Josh's website and everything like that. So as always, if you liked what you are hearing on the podcast, please share it. And it helps me out to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as well. So always appreciative for that. And feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or via my 
Facebook community, which is a closed group that you can join at any time. I always welcome people in on Wednesdays. Welcome Wednesday. So please feel free to reach out and you know, give me any thoughts and feedback or ask any questions. Tell me what you'd like to hear on the podcast moving forward. But as always, I thank you for spending your time with me and listening. And I'm wishing you all a beautiful rest of your day or evening.